right, welcome back again in 2019 to another episode of Joshi Joshi. I am here as always with Tom. Hello, I'm here as always with Justin. <laughs> we are here together. Um, this is another quote-unquote not normal episode. This is a point five. We haven't done one of those in a while. Um, but this week, uh, Tom is exposing himself for the first time, not in that way. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, documentary Gaia Girls. Uh, I've seen it a few times. And it, it gets no less shocking every time I watch it. Um, so Gaia Girls, in case people don't know, is a documentary from the BBC. Uh, what year was that, Tom? 2000? Uh, I think it was released in 2000, filmed in 99, I think. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it is quite a brutal thing to watch. Um, it goes over the training of Chigusa Nagayo of these young rookies. Um, and it stars Chigusa Nagayo and Mako Satamura, a very, very young Mako Satamura, almost unrecognizable. And yet somehow still essentially Mako. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the same, you can recognize her movements and a lot of this facial expressions. It's interesting. Um, and it goes through a few different rookies, but the main rookie that is followed is Saika Takeuchi. Uh, she's five foot tall. She's not exactly big and she's training for her debut. Um, so Gaia ran just a short history from 99 to 2005. So this would have been the absolute beginning for them. Um, so there was a lot of pressure on them and Chigusa to get everything right. And I guess by the time they started filming this, they already knew that Mako was great and going to be great. Um, well, she had already appeared. Uh, and the Gaia, Gaia Girls, I, I believe, ran from a couple of years before this because they were doing appearances in WCW. Did I, did I say 99? Uh, probably. I think I did. It's 95 to 2005. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking for a second. Wait, hang on. I don't know my stuff, but that's probably not right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's no, 10 years, um, 10 years. If, if you had been back, and we've mentioned this before, you'll have seen Mako Satomura and a few of the Gaia girls making appearances for WCW's uh, much, uh, much underappreciated women's division that existed temporarily. Yeah. Um... You even see in the show, uh, sometimes when they're working out, they have uh, nitro shirts on. <laughs> but this is this is past that point when you know, this was. Uh, if this was filmed in '99, they appeared in '97, I believe. Yeah. So uh, Mako is probably around nine, about twenty here, I think. Mm, I have no idea. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's my age. Um, she is thirty-nine now. She's 39 now, so she is my age. Um, So she would have been 20 at this point. Yeah, and she's already really, really good. She's Um, phenomenal, and yet still 
do you see her struggling in this? Yeah. Yeah. In, in a, yeah. In a few different ways. <laughs> so again, uh, like you were saying, this was produced for the under the sun documentary series for the BBC, which was, uh, written, well, no, sorry, uh, directed by uh, Kim Longio, uh, Kim Longinoto and Jano Williams. Yeah. And the only way you can, you can watch a potato quality version on YouTube that's been up forever, but you can also get the DVD on Amazon and you can only get it as a two pack with something neither of us have seen called Shinjuku Boys. No, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that was the original name for Rapongi Vice, I believe. <laughs> it's Juice Robinson's nickname, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, essentially, the movie just goes through the training, and it's, 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 that, that's underselling it, because it's so incredibly brutal. How many people quit during the movie? I believe three? It is three. Uh, if we from the start, we're we're introduced to uh, Mako and Nagayo as kind of our two main authority figures. Yeah, and we have clips of a Gaia show uh, Shigusa entering to Shadow from the Rooftops, Mako entering to the theme she still uses today, and then we spot Takeuchi uh, at ringside acting as you know. Any recruit does. You know, any right. any young lion would basically. You know, she's just there to watch the matches from ringside and do menial tasks. Yeah, and we have like then we have like this hard cut from the glamour of that in what appears to be like a sold out Corrigan Hall or whatever to uh, their home base, which is this rural warehouse. And we're introduced to a new recruit, who is Wakabayashi. Yeah. Who, according to them, she has tried the training before, and she quit, and she's come back, and she wants to try it again. And Nagayo doesn't even... Chigusa doesn't even get up to yeah. greet her. She looks over her shoulder and just says, If you quit again, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. Um... And they show the uh, they show her moving in, and she uh, the 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 rooms are like these very small closets with bunk beds, and <laughs> there's enough room for five feet Japanese women to walk in a straight line through them. But that seems to be about it. Yeah, and there's just like there's a wall of beds, bunk beds, and there's a wall of places where these like probably about eight women to a room keep all their stuff. Yeah. It is very much that dojo lifestyle. It is, yeah. You see them cleaning up a lot, and that's the dojo life. And we should emphasize again, uh, well, we definitely want you to watch this, because it's great, Yeah, uh, as a piece of filmmaking. It, yeah. But this is a very rural setting, you know. It's not... The, the closest thing to civilization that we see is them going to get a haircut, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's there's a Picari sweat drinks machine outside the dojo and everything else is roads and woods and farms. 
Yeah, I believe it abuts a farm because yeah. they look outside and there's like a guy on a piece of heavy machinery. As far as we can tell, this is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's very it, it, isolating. And it's interesting, though, in some ways how it – because I follow their social media and all that a lot. And it, um, thinking about the farm, Sendai Girls still does a lot of work with farms, which is interesting. And then Marvelous is known as like the pet adoption promotion these days, which – if you don't know, is what Chikusa Nagayo runs. And she's seen in this movie with dogs. So there's a lot of themes t- that continued 20 years later. Um, yeah, you're, you're right, because I've seen plenty of videos of uh, Sendai girls just sort of out in the fields working crops. Yeah, yeah. And I, I believe they have a big rice sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, I can never remember the girl's name. Tall girl. Uh, I thought at Wakabayashi. first. Wakabayashi. I thought at first she was going to be the co-star when I saw this because she gets a ton of screen time until suddenly, uh, I mean, they just work her into the ground. She doesn't even get hit. She just gets worked out into the ground. Um, yeah, she, they, start, they start breaking her with those squats. Yes. I, I thought it was funny where Mako goes, uh, they're doing it out on the front dock. And she goes, okay, just three more or something like that. It was like five, three, something. She does them. And Mako goes, great. You're almost at the end. I just want to see 200 more. Oh, God. <laughs> so, she could barely do three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, so it's, and, and then later on, whenever you see when everyone else is sitting around the table together and eating and sharing all their food, she's off in the corner, just sweeping up. Yep. Like, clearly, this is... This is a, and this isn't the first time... This, this, is, this is the first time you see this scenario play out, but it's sort of... It, it brings you a familiarity with it, because it pops up again later. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, next up, I think we get the Lioness... Uh, the Lioness Asuka stakes because uh, Shigusa's doing a radio interview. Yes. Talking yes. about the upcoming match. She lost a match to Asuka, uh, to, which downgraded the status of her group, and now she has to beat Asuka, otherwise she will lose the rights to her name. She will be called Zero. Yeah, it's total kayfabe. Yeah. It's... And yeah, I, can't, I, I don't know why putting your name on the line isn't isn't used all the time in WWE. You know, I, I actually did think that at the time. I was like, you know, that's not a terrible stipulation, honestly. Think, think how many guys would have lost the rights to use their second name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the perfect excuse for that, that thing Vince does all the time. <laughs> so then they, um, they cut to the actual match, which was from Yokohama Double Destiny in September 99, uh, 15th of September. And it's this insane brawl filled with blood and oh my god that japanese table bump <laughs> where she Just... where, where shigusa gets bumped off the te- jumped bumped off the apron lands on the table the table does not break and then she lands on her head because it's yeah. tips over oh my god <laughs> it was brutal and frankly guy itself was known for being that way that's um I mean, 
I haven't seen a lot of Gaia, but they did not fuck around in that promotion. I have, I have a Gaia Girls t-shirt where there's a girl holding a um, uh, barbed wire 4 2x4 taller than her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this match ended with a fireball. You know, yeah, Terry yeah. Funk could have booked this. Yeah, or the Sheik. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny uh, because I believe... This was one of the. Was it her theme song in Gaia? Perhaps the uh, that Republica song that they played five times in this movie. Yes, that would have been. Well, I imagine it has to have been. It has to have been because they play the, it nonstop. The nature of this documentary is very hands off. Everything that's occurring is occurring ostensibly without the inter- interference of the film crew. Yeah, now, I've got thoughts about that at the end because everything you watch distorts it by the action of watching it. Now that's this is where I'm going to get into film theory, but <laughs> um, but the they don't use any non-diegetic music, meaning all music is actually actually occurring at the time in the situation in which they are observing. Okay. So that Republica theme was her music at the time. Okay, that's interesting. It's not added in. Yeah, because it, it doesn't seem brutal enough for her, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe, uh, she has a history of confusing themes occasionally. Oh my goodness, yes it does. Yes it does. Okay, but yeah, so we got Lioness Asuka, and they have their match, and... It's funny, they, they go back, and a lot of the things they keep saying her to her in the ring... Is to, to to the trainer to uh, Takeuchi is also like half kayfabe bullshit because they constantly repeat, "You're going to get killed in there. You're going to kill someone. You don't know what could happen in there." Blah 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 blah, and it's like, yeah, I, I guess, but which is kind of where the watching something distorts it comes into play. How so? Well, because would they necessarily act this way without the camera? Oh, I gotcha. Yes, right. This camera crew is watching them the entire time for maybe a couple of weeks or on and off for a couple of months, maybe. And are they as intent on proving the the nastiness of the training? And, and I have no question, 99% of what we see is real, but are they are they putting that edge on it without it? Because I, I, I will get into this now a little bit. When, we, when I watch the Marvelous training, there's an interesting cutoff in the point where the amount they show. So Marvelous, will, uh, which is also Shigusa Nagaya's promotion, they do pre-show training demonstrations with their rookies. And what they will show you is the exercises, the squats, the bridges, the headstands, and they will show you amateur grappling. And some bumps. They show a lot of bumps. Yeah, that's true. But that's nothing hugely kayfabe-breaking. Right. Whereas Stardom will show you matches. Ah, yeah, I didn't even notice that. But yeah, Stardom does show fake, fake matches. They did show (laughs) matches and the the difference of matches. Yeah. Now, they were were still doing full-on match training in this. But the way it was depicted was very, very rough. Like, basically, almost like shooting, except 
except they're okay with it. <laughs> so it's well, very strange. The, the best example comes up next when Takeuchi is training with Mako. Oh yeah, she's this sparring. is and the most famous yeah, spot of the movie. She starts throwing drop kicks, and they're not bad. They probably pass in a lot of promotions, but oh yeah, Mako's no selling them. And she says, you know, and, and and they keep going and it keeps going again and again and again. And Mako says, you're not fucking trying. She comes off the ropes and hits her with a dropkick so hard in the face. I think she got like five stitches Yeah. on the inside of her mouth. Yeah. And, but we don't know this yet. The camera is behind Takeuchi as Mako is telling her off, basically saying, you have to be more aggressive. You have to show more than this. And then the camera pans around, and Takeuchi's face is a mess. Well, her entire yeah, her entire mouth is covered in blood. There's like congealed blood dripping from her chin. Yeah, I, twice during this, Mako has to tell her to go wash her mouth out. Yeah, because she's just bleeding everywhere. The the drop kick is one of the roughest things I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, she comes at her like a missile, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's very rough. And even that, I mean, that's the most famous spot, but I don't know. They beat the shit out of this girl. I'm not sure that that was the worst thing that we saw happen to her. Well, I mean, we, we set up the next worst thing by next the next day when Shigusa, I, uh, Mako said, you know, you're lucky it was me. She was actually yeah. not lying. Yeah. Because Shigusa talks to her the next day, and Takeuchi's face is distorted and bruised, and she's got stitches, and Shigusa uses it as an opportunity to do a almost a pulpit-style, like, just an in, another indoctrination speech, basically, just saying, look, if you train like if you train like shit, if you if you have no drive, if you're if you don't do exactly what we tell you with the passion we tell you to do it, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt badly. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you could get killed out there. Yeah. Shigusa Wait. has no warmth to her at all. None. Which is, I mean, that kayfabe stuff kills me, but... Um, so, okay, so we'll just fast forward to her protest. Uh, it turns out to be her first protest because she fails. Uh, it was so brutal that this is where we get the second person quitting? Is that... Uh, Wakabayashi ran away the night before. Well, she's already gone. She uh, there, she was sweeping up and then the words just went on the screen. Wakabayashi ran away that night. Yeah. <laughs> so are we up to number... Is this where the second person quit? Because it was like, uh, I believe... I'm getting confused now. Yeah, no, One, the, 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 the first test and the witness to it was because there's the one where yes. the girl comes yeah. in with her mother the first person who quits who is a trainee who has not yet had the chance to spar and get in the ring quits after um the first professional test happens that's the that's quit Number two, quitter yes, number two. That's quitter yeah. number two, but they, have, they at least they did it directly to Shigusa's face. So yeah. in this test, we have three matches, and they keep emphasizing between each match, you need to have be more desperate, you need to have more energy. Um, yeah. 
you need to you know you need to fight back you need to hit back when you are hit After- which of course also annoys me because then she starts to do it and she gets the you're doing too much yeah okay. they, they start telling her you'll focus correctly if you you know there's a lot yeah. of sort of bullshit convenient philosophy that you're not allowed to answer back to yeah well in this any you're not allowed to answer to any of it yeah, yeah. So after the test, Shigusa slaps her directly in the face and tells her it's not enough. And... She tells her to go home, repeatedly. Takeuchi just continues to follow her around and beg. And I guess at some point after this, they decide that we'll build towards another test. Yeah. This is kind of that point where you start to feel that sort of cultish analogy. Like Mm -hmm. the way you're allowed to behave, the way you're permitted to behave... Except mm-hmm. that people are completely allowed to leave whenever they want. Yeah. In fact, they're encouraged to. Yes. That's the only thing that's, that separates this from a cult, because the treatment of it is just... It's very harsh, but it's in pursuit of a certain standard, and it's actually designed not to indoctrinate everyone, but to indoctrinate only the people who are worthy. Yeah. That's like a weird kind of reverse cult. Yeah. Like it's like Fight Club, basically. At certain points, you know, you're standing on the front porch doing like squats, and people will tell you to quit. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um. So yeah, and when that trainee quits, it goes back to the beginning when Shigusa was talking about how she's never had daughters, but she feels like all these girls are her daughters. When the trainee quits, Shigusa says, "I I think of you as a daughter. You're nothing to me now." Um get out basically mm-hmm. and it is it is harsh yeah it is yeah. as harsh as it can be just a complete denial she even just gets up walks away she won't even shake her hand yeah. she just w- walks away and turns her back completely calling yeah. her one of life's quitters yes the whole movie is like this. It's it's the it, it really does seem like her greatest joy is just making these women cry. I would say her greatest joy is like the achievement of of getting something that we don't see in this film. <laughs> Maybe you know, like someone who you can't possibly be angry at, like Mako. Yeah, because there's nothing lacking about Mako. There's there's no way that Mako could be on the receiving end of one of these one of these diatribes. But yeah. Yeah. But you also get those like light and dark contrasts because you've got Takeuchi at her lowest doing chores, contrasting with what when the bread van arrives and all the rest of the girls are like chatting and happy and celebrating. Mm-hmm. Or or the moments when um you know, a trainee is doing squats whilst the rest of them all sell, all like stand around eating noodles and stuff and having fun. Yeah, yeah. There's just like there is something to uh, something of like a, a camaraderie going on here, but there's a because of the strict like layers of like discipline and everything that are rigidly enforced. It, you can still be hugely isolated when you're part of it. Well- it has a very old school military training feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, they are going to mold you. And this is, I think this is probably consistent with what I think that men's training is in Japan. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, we'll, we'll get to the men during after after this. Um, so, okay, she fails the first test, and when she fails the test, wasn't she was that was when she was told to go get a haircut, right? Uh, she'd been told to get a haircut before this, um, and she got kind of a haircut, like a just, <laughs> just altered her fringe slightly, which was which was really all she was asked to do. Yeah, that's this, what they this said is the it. point when uh, Sato, who is the new recruit, shows up. Yeah. Now Sato is probably what sixteen. Uh, she looked it. Yeah, turns up with her mother, who's worried about her. Yeah. And you have Shigusa, and who's the general manager? I have no idea who businesswoman is, <laughs> but she's often just as harsh as Chigusa. I find her scarier. Yeah. Because she, in this scene, she's got that sort of disingenuous, slightly evil smile. Yeah. Like saying, oh, there are no bad women here. As said yeah, by, there are no as, verbal As said here. by the, the closest thing to a bad woman there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, this new recruit shows up, and they put her in where where Wakabayashi was at the start. Yeah, the same bunk. Yeah. And they start off, and they're doing the side by side squats, and oh. the people that she's training with are like everyone in Gaia at this point. They are big legs. Big arms. Yeah. These people train like absolute hell. And you could see that for quite a similar ethos when it comes to uh, a lot of the girls in Marvelous now. Like people yeah, like, I was gonna... people like Mio Momono, who you think, wow, that is a small person with big legs. That this was <laughs> the training. There were one or two like that, even for the trainees, too. It, it, or you look at uh, Shindo, who just they all sort of have that same look. Well, it's just because they've already, even if they've never set foot in the ring, they've been doing squats for months <laughs> now. Yeah, <laughs> 5,000 squats an hour. So this 16-year-old girl, who has a 16-year-old girl's physique, yeah. is stood side by side with different trainers every day, including um, uh, Takeuchi, and just doing squats and squats and squats. Yeah, and at this point, I want to mention there's no paracetamol in Japan. <laughs> I tried to get it; you can't get it. It's very, <laughs> it's very. There's, it's not really in the in the mindset to acknowledge pain that way. No, you suck it up. Yeah. So then we get this, a scene with Takeuchi sparring again, and it's as brutal as last time. The all the current existing Gaia wrestlers are sparring with her. And Takeuchi, by any sane standard, is doing quite well. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. she's really good, as you would expect. But she's not living up to this standard that they're setting. Yeah. And Sato, who is who is feeling faint and basically had already been sat down in the chair because they've been squatting her to death. Right sees this training and sees Takeuchi as a mess afterwards. Yeah, I think she's bloodied up yet again. Yeah, and just says, look, she look, she understands why people have run away before. 
because it's just it's nothing like she imagined yeah i it, it you have a like a, when you think of like oh i'll train to be a wrestler you think it's like quite a romantic image or something but it's mm-hmm. the reality is just so painful at least the reality at this point in time yeah, yeah. and that's when you know uh that's when sato quits as well yeah so we get our third quit <laughs> quitter uh i i don't like calling them that because i mean they do quit but look if you, you get if you, tr- if you try professional wrestling training and i know people who have there's always different standards there's always different trainers there's always different methodologies but it's yep. almost always rough yeah yeah and part of me feels it should be yeah because I've yeah. seen people who have look people who could people can train for fu- train in inverted commas for five years and still look like absolute dog shit in that ring. Mm-hmm. Proper training is a requirement. Yeah, you know, you want someone who's going to take this seriously on both from the trainer's standpoint and the trainee's standpoint. I went to wrestling school twice, and they were both terrible. Um. The first time I went, you basically just did whatever the fuck you wanted. There was a big ring. It was uh, from a 90s famous indie promotion. And you just did whatever the fuck you wanted. And you either, you know, were a good backyard wrestler or not. (laughs) And then the second time I went, uh, it was basically the same Except the first thing the guy asked me to do, just the typical absolute nobody type of person who's like, well, I was a Jimmy Snooker brother in front of like <laughs> 20 people in a high school gym. Shut up. Yeah, I, I, um, I wrestled Jimmy Snooker last year, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he loved himself. And, uh I remember that's when the first Ric Flair DVD set came out because everyone there was had a copy and was going crazy about it. But the first thing he asked me to do was just do a standing front flip. So I had never learned a standing front flip at the other place and uh, didn't give him any reason to think that I had. So I did it and... I almost killed myself. I landed like on the back of my head and then sort of rolled. Oh, God. And, like every person there, when I landed, I knew it wasn't good because everyone went, oh. <laughs> and I don't know. It was just uh, just repeatedly. Like he didn't build things up and he didn't really teach you anything. He just said, do it. And you were supposed to do it. It's like, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but the point is. This type of school is probably good for safety in that sense. Well, I think the, the, one of the reasons the uh, you'll kill someone, you'll kill yourself comments didn't bother me was because that is the seriousness in some situations of being a professional wrestler. Not necessarily the aggression, but in terms of being able to execute everything safely and having the physical strength to do so. See, and I took it more as like the 1960s we need to have a shooters <laughs> champ so nobody can take the belt i i could t- i think that was that i think it, the emphasis there had two purposes yeah it was kayfabe but not kayfabe if you know what i mean yeah. 
so this is when we get Takeuchi's second test. Mm-hmm. And it's rougher than her first test. She does fight back a bit more um, at first, which was good. And it's funny how these tests, they teach you, because, you know, we, we see a million body slams and they're always bullshit, really. Every body slam they do in here, they are trying to put her through the ring. They're just brutal body slams. Well, I mean, she, she her first match ends, Mako is her second match, and Mako damn near takes her arm off. Yeah. And then you see Shigusa warming up. And yeah, like, and you know, oh god, final boss time. Yeah, here we go. And I don't think Shigusa's ever been in the ring with this girl before. She does not know what to expect. Shigusa's initial clothesline nearly decapitates her. Yeah, the first clothesline's ridiculous. And then she hits this that that body slam, which yep. was as brutal as a powerbomb. Yeah. Worse, probably. I oh, mean, yeah, my yeah, yeah. God. It was it was designed to like make her temporarily lose the ability to use her limbs. Like imagine Brock Lesnar body slamming Zach Gowan is absolutely hard as he truly could. Oh. And that's what this is like. And it, it, well, I, this is again, and it, it, it's not, a, it's not an old Jerry Lawler Memphis ring. She doesn't bounce back up. No, 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 no. She's <laughs> There's no gift. This yeah. is steak on concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, it's, it's also worth mentioning at this point that Takeuchi, when she started in this film, she could not throw... Uh, she could throw a decent dropkick, but not a dropkick to the standard they want. Right. By the end of this film, her dropkicks are great. They are. Yeah. Her, her dropkicks are shoot dropkicks. These are... Yeah. These are very good. <laughs> she, she, and she is very good in general. Yeah. Um, but by the end of this match, she's bleeding and sobbing, and Shigusa is saying she's ashamed to be her teacher and slapping her. Like, just, yeah, repeatedly yeah. slapping the shit out of her. She holds her up and stands to her side and says that this is the, this is the face of someone who is, who is lost. Yeah. yeah. And then, m- m- uh, those of you who've seen the uh, Utami Hayashishita test it's quite similar she's asked to give her testimonial as to why she should be allowed to continue and she's just crying in the ring but standing dead still and she yeah. just says next time i'll last five i'll last five minutes or something yeah. right yeah which is funny because the it's it's a contrast to the beginning of the film again, uh, where the filmmakers ask her why she's doing this, why she wants to be a professional wrestler. And she says because she wants to shine like they do in the ring. So there's something about wrestlers, great wrestlers, where they shine in the ring, and that's how she wants to be. Hmm. And now she just wants to last five minutes. This is also where we get some more of Shigusa's whole deal in this, where Shigusa has previously said that she wants to, uh, that she was beaten by her own father, who was a military man, and she lives her life around the idea that she wants to be better than him. But because that was her example of how yeah. to become who she was, that's how, she, that's how she instills that into other people. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting how she talks about it because she says like how much she just fucking hates him and how she hopes he's lonely now because she's so much better than he is. And it's funny because she's talking about that, but she's also saying that that's what she wants to do to these girls. So she essentially wants these girls to be better than her and absolutely fucking hate her guts. Yeah. Anyone who's seen the film Whiplash. um, I have not. It is this exact story. Ah. Um, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's a story, but it's about a jazz drummer. But the idea is that abuse is the only way to truly bring out greatness. Right. Uh, it's, and that, that, that film is like highly critically acclaimed. And I put this very much in the same section of the shelf. Right. And, and it's funny. There's a lot of pseudo philosophical horseshit like that where oh, abuse brings out greatness uh, drugs bring out greatness there's always things like that Shigusa has a lot of that stuff as well like when she's saying oh you know Takeuchi she holds her up to all the other girls and says you know she's not really crying people who are really crying have no expression on their face right and I'm just Let's... like this is you are just full of bullshit you are yeah. <laughs> just she could just be sweating. Yeah. People who are actually crying and upset make no facial expression. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is what happens when the entire system, the entire uh, hierarchy is so rigid that it's geared that she can say anything and no one can fight back. Mm-hmm. No one could ever. I mean, she even no one could ever, tells, yeah. tells them to answer her. And they don't because they know, well, she's telling me to answer, but I'm not really supposed to answer. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if that came across in the film, but it comes across. But you think Otakeuchi is like being timid here, but I think she's trying to maintain discipline. Yeah. What, through the tears and the blood? Yeah. The film ends with them saying that she has passed her test, which I should fucking hope so. And they they give her her singlet, which is in green, not in blue. Which is blue. Yeah. blue is the color she asked for. Uh, yeah, but they say it'll make her look fat. Like they're so mean to this girl constantly. <laughs> like make Mako, and not cruelly says you know. Um, she refers to her second long lines of being chunky. This girl is not chunky. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, she has big arms and big legs, like all the rest of them, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's chunky in the same sense that, again, I guess, again, Mio Mopano's chunky. Or Mako, yeah. yeah. They all have the same build. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, one, one of the reasons I thought Wakabayashi would have struggled, because she did not have anywhere close to that build to start from. Yeah, she was just tall. She was very tall. Yeah. Yeah. So we get clips from her debut in Corican, which you can find online. Yeah, it was a seven-minute match. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's a good match. It's yeah. it's filled with some nice hope spots, and the finish is a roll-up into a reverse arm bar by Mako. Yeah. Uh, earlier on, we actually saw clips of a Mako match where she was was a, sort of a proving herself match while she was trying to climb the ranks, uh, and. Mako base one of my favorite spots in it was that Mako gets hit with a German suplex and reverses yeah. it by grabbing the arms around her 
around herself and breaking them apart and then just rolling it into an arm bar. Mako is tremendous at reversals. Anyway, yeah, she turns this roll up, this hope spot into a reverse arm bar and taps her immediately. Yeah. And uh, if you watch the film, they show it at the end of the film, and it intersperses with clips of her mother in the crowd watching her. Yeah, which is a mirror to the uh, the young the sixteen year old girl and her mother. Yeah, who was, who was so worried about her. Yeah, going into this, but yeah, her whole family her family is there, and they she, they're all photographed with her with flowers. You get the press talking to her afterwards because this is Cork and Hall, and this is still taken seriously at this point. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a good it's a good sized deal. And she's asked who is her favorite performer, who is her favorite wrestler, and she gets she says Shigusa Nagayo. Yeah, yeah. This woman who has berated and beaten her throughout this film. Yeah, and you just you can't imagine the mindset. You kind of can, because is is that just the correct answer to give, or is it that she is indoctrinated into this cult-like way of thinking? And it could be both. <laughs> yeah, because there's no—I have no doubt that Shigusa was her idol before she ever stepped her foot in the ring, or even tried. Shigusa was the reason she tried to do this. Of course, probably. But I don't know yeah. if she still thinks that, or if she's saying, you know. Is she still in love with the idea of being that person? Mm-hmm. Takeuchi has a career that lasts, I think, around 20, two, 21 months. Two years. She debuts in 99 and she leaves in 2001. Yeah. And Gaia Girls obviously ends in 2005. So it's not like, well, I mean, there's always options for a long career, but for some reason, and, and with Joshi in general, you you don't expect everyone to have a long career. Right. I wonder, but if, if you... I, I wonder if she got out of this in the long run what she wanted. I don't know, because if you go to Cage Match, she does have a profile with all the results of her career. Mm. And I'm scrolling through it now, and I've done it before, but I just, I want to look again, because I'm pretty sure, I don't think she ever won a match. Like in singles, in singles. Um, uh, I mean, we don't have to. Oh, there we go. Rie, she beat someone named R I E in capital letters. Oh, and look at this. Uh, Sakura Hirota is actually pretty popular these days as a comedy wrestler. They went to a time limit draw. Um, oh, and then Hirota beat her twice in a row. <laughs> And then three more a week later. Yeah, she actually did a lot with uh, her. Anyway, but the point is, uh, she was quite good. And it just never went anywhere for her. Which is, it's, it's that's just the business, I guess. But that's it unfortunate. It may have been a marketability issue with her. Yeah. Being five foot tall. Well, being, being five foot tall and relatively plain. Right, right. Uh, that's not being cruel, that's just... And that's just an observation, you know. When you, when you, women's wrestling is still very much about image, and uh, one of the things that Shigusa Nagayo says every is every single day: look in the mirror and think about your image. Yeah. And 
there are always people who find other things that emphasize about themselves and there are always ways around that but it's harder in this time period especially to advance yourself when you're not necessarily someone who's going to be featured in magazine shoots right right um so okay i i guess we can also talk about i mean do you want to talk about the marvelous training that we watch now or do you want to talk about just a lot of other 90s japanese training because I, I guess let, let's go to the other '90s Japanese training real quick, mm-hmm. um, just quickly. Sure. So it, it won't take long. The the two I wanted to point out is just more cruelty. Um, the first is FMW. All of the trainers had a, it was a semen jar, um, and it was called that because all of the trainers would jerk off and ejaculate into this jar and they filled it with semen and if a trainee did anything wrong or whenever they were told to i mean we just watched gaia girls you know how wrong can maybe not be wrong they had to go take a sip of from the semen jar um that is putrid um that is i saw this in the notes you sent me but i was very glad that there was no uh, url attached to it (laughs) <laughs> and then I typed in FMW semen jar and there was nothing on the internet I could find about it and I was so relieved <laughs> and then I thought did he type something he didn't mean to into this document, what else was he writing about at the time, I don't want to know <laughs> no, because I, I believe I was looking for 90s Japanese training things uh, and it's from some like uh, I don't know it's uh like a wrestling forum that doesn't even exist anymore, probably. But yeah. if if I looked in my history, I could find where that came from. Um, I hope it's I hope it's fake too. Like, but I just don't know. Um, and then you have the other uh, Tom. You're sort of a New Japan lover. Um, yeah. For I guess, uh, and they are often lauded, and even these days they put on. Young Lion exclusive shows and the Young Lion system is extremely propped up as a great thing and th- these days it probably is but it always wasn't maybe that way you're referring to the Kensuke Sasaki um, allegedly killing a student thing Gampe yeah, yeah. G-O-M-P-E-I, or P-E-I I you know how you hear stories about um emphasis on you know uh, when a high school football coach would accidentally kill a student by not letting them drink right during training or something like that or in this case the allegedly this uh, uh, gompe was beaten and suplexed and basically uh, did he have an aneurysm i think or something along those lines well, what what I heard was he, I don't know, who knows what he did, but he pissed off Sasaki. And Gompe was a guy, Gompe, I don't think either of us know how to say this name, uh, that Hiroshi Hase brought in and assured his parents that everything would be okay. Like, this incident fucked up Hase. Uh, but uh, apparently Gompe did something Sasaki didn't like, so he gave him... 
I forget what kind I read, but it was some kind of shoot suplex. Uh, I mean, a suplex, except he tried to kill him like Chigusa with the body slams. Uh, tried to kill him might have been the wrong choice of words here. Um, but he gave him some sort of shoot suplex, and the guy started convulsing in the ring, and something happened in his brain, and he died. Yeah. I... There's not really any defending that in terms of either safe training or having the correct attitude. And I've never disliked Sasaki. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I've always happily watched his matches and there's always been rolling around. I, I believe wasn't there was another, another trainee who was, wasn't there a trainee who was killed by having a power bomb done by, done to them by the great Carly. Oh, wait, that sounds familiar too. That sounds familiar. Uh, Let's pause for a second whilst I look this up. Okay, so apparently, uh, after looking this up, in May 2001, Brian Ong, wrestling for All Pro Wrestling, uh, was doing a uh, some training with uh, Singh, aka Great Carly, and he had suffered some previous concussions, but the trainers basically said, carry on, it's fine. And he received a flapjack from Singh and died as a result. Right. Uh, which resulted in a lawsuit worth 1.3 million. Yeah. That, and that was I, the great. I don't blame Singh for that, but again, it's training conditions. It's training conditions, understanding how the human brain works, having some well, respect for it. And that's. <sighs> It also goes back to wrestlers still even a little bit having that fight of being actual professionals and being a bunch of fucking carnies. Um, with the, Especially like, in New Japan at the time, because the emphasis was moving heavily towards more of a shoot style. Right. You know, if you talk, you talk about like uh, Enochism in, in and around that era and moving forward the emphasis was moving quite strongly towards MMA style and being as real as possible. Right. And they had that same thing in Joshi. That That's what caused the split from AJW in the first place. Uh, so similar. And then once again, going back to Gaia Girls, it's sort of Tagusa said something where Takeuchi wasn't fighting back and Chigusa said, these aren't the moments to lay down. These are the moments you stand up. And what that always made, I mean, it's a nice thing to say, but what that always made me think of is like Triple H fighting with the Torn Quad. Uh, what was the time where Daniel Bryan had a match stopped? Like, first well, Randy he Orton? He stinger and couldn't use his arms. And he was pissed about that because he's got that carny in him where he wants to keep going. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but actually, going back to that uh, that Japanese real is better mindset, do you see that in the history of um, groups like when when Minoru Suzuki split off from New Japan initially and yeah. into um, uh, Pancrase, and the idea that the more realistic, the better. You know, these are emphasizing strong strikes, a lot of fighting spirit going into it. I don't know if that's the people probably disagree with my terminology there, but. There's the the space 
between the realism and the performance is so infinitesimal that it just crosses over completely. And I think in a lot of cases it gets too close. It gets too... Uh, just it just moves beyond that point, and also coupled with with the number of wrestling gyms they are there, wrestling training centers there are, the number of them that operate all worldwide, and the fact that they're re- they're really just like they're all amateur facilities. None of them are they're not governed in a in a way other than in terms of maybe a tradition that's passed down, right? And so it's it's surprising that there's not more horrible injuries happening. Yeah, yeah. Like telling me to do a front flip when I'm a six foot four dude. I'm a fucking tall guy, and I've never done that before. And there's a reason tall guys don't usually end up being high flyers. Cause yeah, when, when would you take that bump <laughs> in the ring? Huh? When would you take that bump in the ring? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. Like maybe what if you get Rana or something? I don't know, but like still, that's a shit place to start. Yeah, and even with a Rana, there's something to, like, you can hold on to the guy's legs and go over, and he just wanted me to be standing and do a front flip, and <laughs> I'm six foot four, and I don't know how to do that. Stop. But any, but but it goes back to your point that in an unregulated business, a lot of crazy things can happen, and these are as far as un, as far from unregulated in a sense, as you can get with Gaia being a huge women's promotion and New Japan being New Japan. And then, like I say, the the only, the main crutch that these people are leaning on is tradition. Yeah. And especially in the case of the women, that you can see like the point of it's, they, it's not that they have to be as good as the men. It's that they have to have so the space between where people can call this fake or bad or any of that is they can't allow any space for that at all because they have to be held up to a standard because they're already fighting from behind. Yeah. Yeah. They already get that thought of as less. Yeah. Yeah. That public consideration. So they can't allow any cracks to show in terms of how they perform in that ring because. Yeah. If anything, they have to be better than the men to get the same respect as the man to get the same attention or the same attention yeah, yeah. and and you can't the, the the end product i hate to say this you can't disagree with the end product because the well, end no. the end product of gaia girls is mako satamura or takeuchi who was she wasn't and and she was an undercard wrestler for this company she yeah. was excellent in so many ways yeah, she was uh, in the same way as you see people from Marvelous now, people who are coming up through and have phenomenal, you know, technical awareness and skills, and going out and working for other companies. Well, you look at who trains the best rookies twenty years later, literally twenty years later. Uh, it's it's Mako and Chikusa, it's Sendai and Marvelous. Yeah, because as much as we love Stardom. Yeah. It's especially with incidents they've had, which we will cover fully in another episode. Right. And they're they're stepping back from doing a of a doing a too hard hitting style. Yeah. And a consideration yeah. of a, uh, uh, and a very strong consideration of the safety of their performers. Yeah, they also 
ended up taking things too far. Yeah. yeah. So, Marvelous and Sendai Girls would be the, probably, like you say, the strongest practitioners in that sense. Yeah. And their trainees are excellent. I mean, we watched Sendai Girls last year, and you took a look at people like Manami, who was 13 at the time, and she was excellent. Just Yeah, yeah. Amy Sato. And and so and Minami probably would not have been allowed to be trained at the time by Gaia Girls because Gaia Girls was still setting their sights on maintaining a certain level of professionalism, let's say. But mm-hmm. in terms of where Joshi was then, which was trying to echo what it was before that, and where Joshi is now, where they have a realistic appraisal of their status, I would say their yeah. choice of recruits is, I would say. Not thinner necessarily, but different, and the consideration mm-hmm. of recruits is different. So they have a, they just have a slightly different pool to pull from. Yeah, and so that's where you get people like Manami coming in when she's you know a teenager, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I very much I don't know if I don't I genuinely don't know this. I could I'm talking completely out of my ass, but I, I doubt very much that Mako is shoot drop kicking a 13 year old kid in the face to make to, so, their, so their face bleeds yeah i don't think that's happening anymore no i think they all moved on from that chigusa too chigusa these days and again we don't see behind the scenes well we do but not everything um she seems perfectly lovely and happy and nice to everybody and but i i also think she she still trains them just as hard. She just might not bloody them up and slap them and try to break their confidence. I, I think that she probably has a similar stoicism to her. Yeah, yeah. Because like, we when we, you... we did see that marvelous training doc, training exhibition that lasted an hour and a half. Yeah, it's more like an hour and ten, but it was still you had her presence sitting at ringside, and occasionally the camera would just cut to her, and she's just looking. She's, yeah, she's, she's not saying anything because Takumi Aroha is running the training. Yeah. Takumi Aroha is now the Mako for her. Yeah. And running, putting everyone through their paces. She's the senior lieutenant. Right. But you just get the feeling that afterwards, you know, there was one girl, the opening, the opening thing for this training was 200 squats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when, and, and, you, and you don't know it's going to be 200 squats. So they start. And I just have a feeling. Like, it's got to be more than 100, right? They're, they're going to try and do something like that will feel like it breaks someone. Yeah. And they're going, and they're going, and then one girl starts to lose a step. And yeah. then she starts to do, like, three for every five that the other girls are doing. It's 200 squats. That's a lot. It's a lot. And you, could, no, it's... You, you can argue it's easier for a five-foot Japanese woman than you or I, but... Well, the, the, the short one... That looked correct, or, or looks like you know the you expect all those trainees to look like. Did do the best at those. She did plenty of squats and was waiting for everyone to finish. <laughs> um, but the tall one that couldn't really do them that to do the squats as much. And once they were taking a uh, forward rolls uh, and you know the little bump demonstration, arguably she looked the best out of all of them doing that. So. It's, it's it's interesting, uh, and then it was interesting again later on where they have them run the ropes so much 
that they can barely even stand by the time they're done running the ropes. Like if you if you ask me to do two hundred squats, I'm not going to walk to the shops after, let alone run the ropes. Let, <laughs> let, let alone do tumbling and handstands shoot matches and yeah. a bunch of shoot matches. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Uh, I mean, what if the objective of that is clearly to teach people respect for the what they do, and I right. I, I already had huge respect for what they do, and. The fact that you see this entire exhausting hour, hour and twenty, hour and ten minute workout. Oh my god, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a lot. Those head, those those headstand flips from back to front to strengthen the oh neck. Oh my god, I yeah. thought that was just a Mako thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that that was the standard. Yeah, it's just what we do. I, <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the shoot grappling a lot. Uh, Rin Katakura looked maybe even better than Takumi. She was just dominated them. She didn't give a fuck. Although Takumi had the the coolest move in the thing where uh, the girl tried to get her in a arm hold, but she was on top of her, but she was short. So... Takumi just lifted her up in the air with her legs so that her feet weren't touching the ground, and then she had no control of anything, and Takumi just did a backwards roll and was on top of her because she can do anything. It was pretty neat. But uh, that workout, I think, at my current age and condition would probably put me in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times do you think they do that a day? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think if it's anything like stardom, like training is like three days a week. Ah. So I anticipate that it's not an everyday thing. And I think if it was an everyday thing, that's an example of like, it probably, at that point, you're probably injuring more people than you build up. Right, right. Like, unless you're elite, elite athletes, training every day is rough. Right. Because there's no recovery time. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that they take that into consideration, but I've no idea if they do. But with Marvelous, it's not like it's they have a massive money pool or anything. It's not like they can afford to take everyone on full time as full time professional wrestlers. Mm -hmm. These are people who would be probably most likely be coming down a few times a week and doing the training. Yeah. So. Well. What do we got for final thoughts here on Gaia Girls, Tom? I really liked, firstly, I really liked the way it was filmed. It, you don't yeah. see it that often these days, but it was a very, very hands-off, as naturalized as possible depiction. There was no goofy voiceover. There was no... Uh, music was used selectively to pump up scenes it was supposed to pump up. Even then, it was rare. Yeah, you had very few talking heads. Yeah, they just they keep that to an absolute minimum. Yeah. During the interviews, uh, well, during an interview with the Independent, the filmmaker said that you know they cried whilst they were filming some of the more brutal moments, but they're not stepping in. Yeah, and they. Uh, she, I think she said that about the second training is when they were crying watching. Yeah, and there was another camera crew there, and the other camera crew thought they were nuts, and everyone in Gaia thought they were nuts. Like it was just normalized to them. 
and that second camera crew when they when they were they were Japanese crew when they yeah. put their film out it had none of the violence in it was like they didn't right. see it right and and also and when they from those tears comes a moment where they do a talking head with talking heads with Mako where Mako is trying to make them understand what's going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and how I don't know if it's normalized is the right word but how necessary what they're doing is in their mindset I, it's, I don't know if it's just if it, if you would describe it as a toxic mindset at the time but I certainly think that they've eased up a great deal in the last 20 years oh yeah in terms of just trying to present something that is fundamentally brutal and even then i think a lot of the easing up has happened recently like the difference in training chris wolf versus the difference in training saya ida uh urutami i think nana had a lot of brutal training methods. Not that we know, but we have enough hints um, that were a lot harder, that they got rid of more. And now these days, I mean, after after she left, it was run by EO, who who knows how her training was. Some of the people she trained were good, like Jungle, I yeah. think, would have been then, and she's amazing. Oh, EO was 25 when she took that over. Yeah. Yeah, the oldest uh, regular person signed to stardom at the time, twenty-five years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, she had some good trainees and some not, and and now these days, I believe it's Kagetsu with a little bit of Mayu. Hmm. Um, and of and course, I don't. K- Kagetsu comes from that Sendai school, so she does. So I think because a lot of the ones we've seen come from her, they they look. They look solid, extremely solid, which is great. But I don't think Kagetsu's beating the shit out of them. In terms of this film, I think it is essential for yeah. having some both historical perspective. For pe- I would recommend it for people who have never watched any professional wrestling or have very limited understanding of professional wrestling because it really yeah. does put it into a different context like people have the idea that it's inflated 300 pound guys on steroids pretending to hit each other and missing by an inch this is a bunch right. of five foot japanese girls beating the shit out of each other right for yeah i this is not a, reasons a, this is not a niche joshi documentary no this is a fundamental joshi documentary yeah it's a I, fundamental wrestling documentary i, yeah. I, I agree I, I don't think that this there's a lot. There's got to be a lot of similarities between this and maybe a new Japan Young Lion, yeah, situation. Maybe not in terms of like people quitting because that's actually quite rare for new Japan Young Lions. But in terms of the selection, you take guys like Sonata who applied to be a Young Lion and was turned down. Yeah, you know, you've got to pick a picture of those initial days when they're selecting people from tryouts and picture all the like the undeniable stars in wrestling that they cut out of the crop because they didn't think they could hack it doing their training. Yeah. And I've seen documentaries about the training they've done in New Japan where you have people... I watched Jay White attach two large weights to his waist and then climb a rope with just his hands. Yeah, I I, I was going to say the same thing, but I thought it was Devitt. I must have seen the same thing. Uh, it... Maybe it was. No, you're probably right. It probably is Jay White. I just I think it was White. 
Yeah. Yeah, I just remembered it as Devitt for some reason, because he had a documentary that showed a bit of the dojo life, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting insight into that into that almost it's also interesting to look at the contrast because it's it's an essential part of japan almost that yeah. people have of this first world country whereas it's in fact it's really the cities are first world and in the rural areas it's much less developed you see that in terms of this place that they're living in which is this seemingly chaotic but somehow ordered warehouse basically where they're sleeping in like bunks eight to a room and you know to a western perspective you think oh my god there's no situation in which i would possibly go through that but they they uh i think the filmmaker likened it to a boarding school yeah a boarding school where you're basically in a barn full of just random like all this stuff that they just collected together to make this place livable for like 16 people or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, because it's such uh, an unusual situation. It's as, and, and so it's already an alien situation to, from a Western perspective. And then to put what's happening there on top of that, it's so unique. Well, you reminded me when you said the other thing. It reminded me of at the beginning of the movie when all the girls are giving Mako shit because she did the uh, she did the dishes to help make dinner, uh, so they could make dinner, and they were giving her shit because she was cleaning all the pots with the with the scrubber for the fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What the fuck is that? What are you doing?" Uh, um. I don't know. But, uh, it, yeah, and it also, you got to think about that stereotypical uh, assumed warrior spirit thing, the fighting spirit that makes them go through this and the, the, the pride and... The transformation, as they put it. Yeah. The idea that, like, you become something aggressive and primal when you're doing it. Yeah. And that's and that's somehow inherently the standard they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite interesting to see how these people try to fulfill that. I there's a great example from this. Um the guy who's now the great Okarn was having one of his very first matches in New Japan and he had a match with Nagata. And so the guy Oka throws an throws a forearm at Nagata and Nagata just sort of looks down at it like a fly landing on his chest. Right. And immediately tunes the guy up. Just yeah. hits him with a very hard forearm. You know, the do it do it like that. Do it the yeah. way I just did it to you. And by yeah. the end of the match, Oka's throwing good forearms. Right. <laughs> He doesn't want to get beat up again, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the microcosm. And at that point, Nagata's like, Okay, we're throwing good forearms. This is how we this is how this match should go. And right. notice now how even though we're both hitting each other hard, this is how it's supposed to go. Right. And there's a satisfaction in this. In in presenting it the right way and not presenting it in a underwhelming way. Yeah. That's 
it's a, you see little microcosms of that all over the place um in term especially in terms of um puro yeah i mean i guess my final thoughts are i i don't know that there'll ever be perfect wrestling training um so I mean, you have the people that take it too far, like we've talked about and what this entire episode is about. But then you also have the people that don't take it seriously enough, uh, whether that's proper technique or they're just fucking around. Um, you have the people that are like the WWE, where it's like 90% about fitness instead of wrestling. Um and these days, it seems like they have a pretty good hold on it, but I doubt that's perfect training either. Um, so this was just one example of the... I don't even know what my point is. It's just one example of wrestling training that is really impossible to figure out, and this was their attempt to figure it out, and maybe it wasn't great. Uh, maybe it was because it produced Mako Satamora. Um, but it's, it's a look at essentially how far people will go to get their dreams. Saika Takeuchi wanted to shine in the ring, and she did get to do that. Uh, but what kind of price did she pay, really, in the long run? Who knows? I, I tried to look up where she was now, and I couldn't find anything. Um, hopefully she's somewhere some, somewhere happy, not getting her mouth bloodied up every day. Yeah, I mean, the essential thing at the end of this is you have to say their training methods worked for, did. The, for the result they were trying to achieve, which was creating tremendous wrestlers. Yeah. But I don't think there's a good argument to be made for the fact that what they did was right. Right. Yeah. What they did was good for those people in the long run. What, what they did was what everything they were doing was to support the idea of what was good for their business, not what was good for people. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered just about everything. Do you have anything else you want to, uh, interject before we, get out of here well i think part two of our violence in joshi um series or two-part series i hope yeah is probably going to be an Akiyasakawa episode so now that i mean there's a chance tom may see her we don't know yet but he may see her in person and god damn it i want him to see this incident and read about it and experience it before he meets uh meets her in person and so we're going to sort of move that up and see see what we can do with it. I think the emphasis uh, you already provided me with a list of reading, because as you say, you like to organize things. Yes. I have read all of it. And oh, you already read the whole thing? Wow. Yeah, I read the whole thing, along with all the reading and stuff you want to do for this episode. Yeah. When you do a show with me, I, I give you reading lists <laughs> <laughs> and watching lists. Yeah. yeah, the only thing left to do really is watch it. Yes. So I. I my personal suggestion is not to watch it until right before we record because you're not going to want to see it again. 
as we've probably discussed before on the show, I've put it off for a while because that should not be the first thing you learn about Joshi. Right. In the same way as many other horrible things that have happened in wrestling should not be the first thing you learn about wrestling. Yeah. You so, want to see Owen Hart fall from the ceiling? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not at all. No. So I think I have reached the point where I'm probably ready to watch it with some idea of context. But I am also going to prejudge it slightly by I might have to watch a Yoshiko match. I, I I might have to get some context for how I feel about watching her in the ring after this. Yeah, and I I mean she works a lot these days still for Seedling, and I still won't watch her. Yeah. People say she's great, and I don't care, but that's just me. Anyway, before we get too deep into that subject, it's a quagmire. Yes. It's a reason why we're going to do another episode of it and draw a line underneath it. <laughs> this was a really good watch. Yeah. It's tough at sometimes, but it was. I'm really glad you, uh, really glad you recommended it. So thank you. Absolutely, you're welcome. I'm glad you took the time to watch it, and uh, I hope everyone listening does as well. Because, like Tom said, it is a tough watch, but very worth it. So with that, I guess we're leaving here for this time. Um, I always want to say something corny, Tom, like. Stay Joshi. <laughs> or may your days be Joshi. Joshi up your life. Just, yeah, but it's so corny. But I always have the urge to have some cheesy thing like that. Um, anyway, so we're out of here. And thanks for joining me, Tom. No, that's no problem. Thanks to all the listeners. And we will see you again in the future. Cheer up, you bastard. <laughs> I've been hearing that since I was 15. <laughs> <laughs>